Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we'll spend a little time recapping what was a, a very disappointing loss to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Patriots firmly in the number two spot in the AFC East. And then, of course, they have the Jacksonville Jaguars coming up this weekend, which absolutely nobody cares about. Uh, but we will talk about that a little bit. And uh, it's going to be a heck of a show. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's gentlemen uh as uh, as i told you guys and i tweeted out but uh, this is gonna be my 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 jordan flu game my uh my covid game here i tested positive for covid this morning thursday morning uh not great not a great way to end the year uh but you know what are you gonna do it's tough yeah you don't love to see it yeah no no you do not no you do not so uh, but I'm I'm currently in quarantine in my in my bedroom, which is why I got a new new uh, new spot here that I'm that I'm recording from. So, um, but let's get. I want to get into Sunday just a little bit. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. Um, but like nobody really cares about the Jags, so I guess I guess maybe that's what we'll spend most of the time on. But just incredibly frustrating game. I mean, just like they took forever to get going again. They started slow again, and then it's just missed opportunities, right? And uh, you know, Mac obviously played pretty poorly in the first half, but fought back. I thought decently well in the second half, um, just too little too late again for the second week in a row. Uh, and the defense, you know, seven, seven possessions by the bills, all seven ending in the red zone. Not great. Not really what you're looking for, you know? Yeah. I guess the only thing you can kind of, you know, hope that this brings is, is some sort of sense of urgency, which I think they lacked a little bit the last two weeks, um, especially on, on that, the Colts game two weeks ago. I wouldn't say they, they had a lack of urgency. I think everybody knew the the magnitude of that game last Sunday, but um, 
yeah, I just think it's a this is a get right game. It's something they can do to kind of, um, you know, the Jags are bad, very bad, and they don't have a team right the now. Worst, so actually, yeah, I, like, no let's get Mac out by like the third quarter and and start looking ahead to Miami. But I think the biggest thing too is, um, win this week and and help get some help. Hopefully, you can get a playoff spot wrapped up this week. I think that would be a hell of an accomplishment. And I think too, kind of just to touch on, um. And I wanted to say it this week, but I didn't feel it was necessary on Twitter. I, I feel like uh, like this team's overachieved big time. Like I think people are, are starting to to look past that a little bit. Like this was a team that, you know, we had predicted what, nine, ten wins, right? I mean they're gonna finish. All three of us there predicted anyways. eleven and six. We, we did it yep. for the year. So it's possible. Okay, you, you wrote them down. But I think like you know, you're obviously a little happy. I think even even like nine wins, like I still think would have been at the beginning of the year a pretty good achievement considering where you were last year. You had no planet quarterback, holes all over the roster. You need an incision of youth all over the place. You need better skill players, right? I still think I've been saying for a while, they're a year or two away, maybe three from being true contenders like the Chiefs who are going to dominate the top of the league and, and be there in the end. Um but I mean, like I said, it, you don't want to just give them a cop out card because of, you know, their expectations changed, right? Like they had a great opportunity for themselves and pissed it away the last two weeks, which is unfortunate. But I think when it's all said and done and, and the season's wrapped up, you can really look back and be like, wow, this team has really turned itself around. They turned the franchise around from being, you know, I mean, oh, they won seven games. Everybody, anybody in the league would probably consider that a decent year that's a terrible year here considering where they were last year uh, you have to like where they are they control their own destiny they still have an opportunity to to get in the playoffs and make a run and i think that first round playoff matchup as long as you avoid buffalo i think it's a very winnable matchup whether you get tennessee or cincinnati yeah yeah i feel like we talk a lot about like don't move the goalposts like whatever you expected that's what you should expect throughout the season i don't really agree with that in terms of like they won seven straight games and they look like the best team in football for like half that stretch, you know? So I think it's okay to move the goalpost a little bit from, let's say we said 11 wins. That's what we wrote down and we put out yeah. there earlier this year, but like, like Spags was saying, nine, 10, 11 wins that, that area. But when you win seven straight and you're nine and what was it? Nine and four, nine and five. It's like, yeah, it's time, to move the, it's time to move the goalpost because you look at the schedule ahead of yourself. You, everything behind you, it's already done. You look at the schedule ahead and you think, you know, based off what they have ahead of them, they can win more than we thought earlier this year. So I, I was okay with moving goalposts. And then like Spag said, they kind of pissed it away with two games where they showed the entire NFL exactly what they are, which is if you get out to a lead over the Patriots, you can beat them. And you probably will beat them. Uh, that and start the faster thing than too them is, you're going to win. They also showed that, they can win. Like they played horrible the last two weeks for yeah, right. 65, 70% of the game. And both weeks you were within a possession with what under five minutes to go an opportunity to get the ball back and potentially win. Um, you know, what did they need first before Taylor's touchdown? They needed a field goal inside with full. Right. I think that's a makeable. And then you get that pick from JC Jackson. I think you go down and win that game. They were rolling offensively. So, um, yeah, you showed, right? If you get a lead on them and, and kind of ruffle, ruffle their feathers a little bit early on and dictate the the, the pace of the game, you're going to have success for them. But at the same time, they played their two worst games of the year, maybe minus the Saints game, but I don't think they were you know a full-on team yet. Right. They played their two worst games of the year and were still you know, 
almost had an you know an opportunity to pull two wins out, which I think is what good teams show. No, I agree. And look, I mean, this is one of those things where, and I think Keegan, you're hundred percent right here. Like it's okay to move the goalposts, right? It's okay to say, Hey, look, we thought 11 wins would be good. I rated them by the way, 11 and six and missing the playoffs. I vastly overrated the AFC. I thought the AFC was going to be really good. There were going to be multiple teams finishing with 13 or 14 wins. I was very wrong about that. But I think, you know, if, if you had said to anyone, Hey, they have this stretch of four games against Tennessee, Buffalo, Indy, Buffalo, and they were going to go two and two during that stretch. And then at the end of that stretch, finish tied record-wise with the Bills. I think I think everyone would have been like, what? Like, are you okay? Sure, we'll take that. Like, right. if you had told me at the beginning of the year, I would have been ecstatic about that, right? And so I think that, yes, we can look at it and say, hey, overall, this has been a good season and it hasn't been a lost season. But it's one of those things where you you kind of look at it and say, man, they had a, they had really had an opportunity here. If you had beaten Indy or if you had beaten Buffalo, you don't even have to win both. You just had to win one of those games. If you had won one of those games, you'd be in the driver's seat, not just for the AFC East, but possibly even for the for the AFC in general. So that's where it can be frustrating. Where we're like, come on, like you know, you you had that opportunity, you looked really good, and then you wonder like. Was it all a mirage? Were they not as good as we thought they were? And that's where it's kind of like we bought in and maybe we bought in too early. Well, I, I think too, and, and obviously expectations are so high here because of the last two decades, but, you know, and I don't want to sound, you know, too positive, but I think if you get in the playoffs, you make a little bit of noise, maybe you win a game, you go on the road and win a game in wildcard weekend or or you battle Tennessee or someone or, or Buffalo to like a final possession where you really play well. Um, I think you can look at that as a successful season. I don't want to, you know, there's still a lot of game, a lot of football left. Like they could easily make, miss the playoffs and this is a completely different conversation, but um, I'm excited as much as I want to stay here. And, you know, as Max said yesterday, stay where your feet are and, and, you know, looking forward to the next few weeks, I'm really excited for, for the future of this team. I think, uh, I'm being super positive today. I don't know why, um, but <laughs> I love it. I think like they're a few pieces away. They have another really good draft, which they kind of. I think the last two they've really uh, been successful with Duggar, Onwenu, Mac Jones, Barmore. Like the list goes on. Um, you're looking at a really good team uh, for the next few years. So, yeah, the the top half of 19 sucked too, but the bottom half was great. So we could we could go from halfway through the 19 draft to now. It's like. They're rolling on pick. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves with the draft stuff because that's, you know, there's still some football left. But yeah, I, oh, but I'm I'm excited for the Jacksonville game just because like they stink, right? Like they're they're terrible, Jacksonville. So I think this is a good opportunity for New England. You you go into that game and whatever you're trying to figure out, whatever you don't know, you know what I'm saying, like. Like Johnu Smith, there's been a lot of talk this week for some reason uh, about Johnu Smith and how people have acted like he's underperforming, but he's on pace with what he does. Like he, right. he's Johnu Smith this year. It's just, I guess, watching every game of him and it, it just looks a little bit different. So seeing if Josh McDaniels can finally figure out, you know, how to generate touches for him, which he said this week, like I, I haven't figured out how to do that. I need to do a better job. Matt Jones, like, what can he do against? a bad defense throwing the ball like is it defenses are out scheming him and he's just not ready yet or is it like an issue where maybe he just can't throw the ball 
35 times a game and you can't win that way, you know? So stuff like that. I think the the individual matchups and little things like that, I'm super excited to see because this is the last chance we're going to get to see that with a rookie quarterback and a, a bunch of newcomers, you know, because next year they're going to go into that season with a lot of the same players. So this is the last opportunity to see what they've got. Right. And I agree with you on that. Like my biggest takeaway from the last two games is that Mac has regressed quite a bit. I thought, um, and that's the scary thing where you felt like he was playing like a veteran. Like that was the biggest thing. Like he's playing like a veteran. He's making smart reads. He's making good decisions and he's not costing them games right now. Maybe he's not winning games necessarily quote unquote, but like he's making all the right plays and all the right throws. And now you, you know, you saw it the last two weeks, the Leonard interception and then the interception he throws against Buffalo, obviously the end of them was just a, was just a hail Mary, but right. You know, those two interceptions in particular, right process, right read, everything's done right. He's just late. And you're like, well, that's a rookie thing. Like, that's not something he was doing at the beginning of the year where, like, he makes the right read, he makes the right throw, but he's just late on it. You didn't see that. And now you're seeing that, and it's cost them two games where, like, you know, I mean, obviously one of them, they end up scoring a touchdown. Oh, actually, that's not true. They Patriots stopped them fourth and goal was the only time they stopped them. Um you know, because I mean, he was saying there's touchdown pass in the end zone, but still it's like those turn into big moments and big plays. Christian Barmore jumping off sides on fourth and seven, like now whether they were going to go for it or not, who knows, but like you are the nose tackle. Like you can't be doing that. And I know that the, by the way, if that was a punt, that would have been a penalty on the, on the sna- long snapper, but it wasn't. And so it wasn't a penalty on the center. You can't whip your head up like that. They get called, uh, what's his face on call Cardona got called for that a bunch of times where, you know, you're trying to draw them offside, so you whip your head up like that. You can't do that. But I just think that, like, for me, it, it's challenging. And I wonder, like, you wonder if he's out there thinking, I have to be perfect. I have to make every play. I have to make the right read. I have to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. Otherwise, we're going to lose these games. And is that pressure getting to him where it wasn't against some of the teams like Cleveland and Tennessee and those teams where they didn't feel like they had to worry about their offense as much? I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the answer or not. But, like, it, it just doesn't. It's really bizarre to kind of see that happen uh, and not be able to do anything about it. It's very frustrating uh, as a fan to to watch it and be like, "What the hell are you doing here, buddy? Like, you look so good, and now it's just it's it's falling off the you know trains falling off the tracks." I think it's a little bit of like I, I don't want to say a rookie wall, but just the end of the year, he's played a lot of football in the last year. I think two teams are starting to figure them out a little bit. See what's I mean, you went up against two really good defenses, two good coordinators, two good head coaches. Um, that know, you know, your limitations and, and how to slow you down, right? I mean, you see the Bills so much. I know two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever, it was such a, you know, an odd game and right. they didn't really see much. But um, I just think it's a mix of everything. I mean, I don't think it's anything to, to you know, a red flag for him going forward. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, this is this is time to put your big boy pants on if, if we're, you know, being honest for him. Um, you get a good opportunity here. How do you hopefully you can wrap up a playoff spot this week and then, um, you know, let the ducks, you know, what, what's the saying there, whatever it is in the playoffs, let it roll. Something's going to fall where it may something like that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I agree. I, I, I struggle with saying that he's looked bad. Regressed. I think is the perfect word for it, Pat. Like he was playing as about as perfect as you could ask for a rookie quarterback on this team because that he was doing what he needed to do. And now I feel like it's not even pressing. It's just trying to see what he can get away with. Like, like those late throws, like maybe if I can get away with this, right. he can't. And, and two straight weeks we've seen 
He can't, and I don't think he's at a level right now. The offense, I won't even just say him because let's not forget that there's 10 other guys who haven't looked great the past two weeks on offense, you know, early in the games. I think they're all kind of figuring out that they're not really built to do the whole come from behind thing. And it's not so much like you score one touchdown against New England and you're going to beat them. It's more they need to string things together a little bit, play the field position game. They've been stuck in, in their own field position for like six six quarters straight, right. I feel like, except for the, the second half of uh, of last week. So it's I think altogether as an offense, they kind of need to dial it back a little bit and get back to what was working a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, defensively, they're not forcing any turnovers, right? And that that helps your team a lot. If you can force turnovers, it really helps your team a lot. One thing that Oliver points out here, which I, I just want to – they miss Aguilar so much. That too. That's yeah. crazy. It's a crazy statement to make based on how bad he's played this year. I but he's right. He's I don't well, think not, he's not bad. bad. But he yeah. hasn't been He hasn't been what we expected, what the he price tag. what he was last year. Right. I mean, maybe the price tag, but I, I think you you saw you see a receiver in here. They're not going to throw up gaudy numbers, right? Um, I just think his presence downfield helps, like he got into. Um, but yeah, I, I think has he overachieved his contract? No, but I wouldn't say you know right. he's been a, a bust or a bad signing. You know, well, I think the I thing think... with him is that he can beat man coverage. Like, they have nobody else that can actually beat man coverage. Nikhil Harry ain't beating man coverage unless you throw him a 50-50 ball, maybe. You know, Jacoby Myers isn't beating man coverage. Brandon Bolden's not beating man coverage out of the backfield. Like, they, these guys aren't beating man coverage, and that is an issue. And that's something that Aguilar can do, even if it's just with him going deep. Mac has shown the ability to make that deep throw from time to time. So you have to respect it, even if it doesn't happen very often. And Aguilar's a guy that can do that. He's the other than Nikhil Harry, who I don't think anybody knows what Nikhil Harry is. He's just a 50 50 guy. Right. Other than him, Aguilar is their only non slot receiver. Like Jacoby Myers is a slot receiver. Gunnar Oshevsky, if he ever ends up playing on the offensive side of the ball, slot receiver. Kendrick Bourne, that's a slot receiver. Like he plays against, zone, he beats zone defense. It's what he does. So having a guy, I mean, we're, we're talking in circles now, but having a guy who can take away not just a corner, but a safety on a side of the field and open up everything underneath right. for the running backs, for the tight ends. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think they've missed him a lot. And I don't know – I know for a fact NFL defenses aren't scared that Nikhil Harry is going to beat him deep. They're just yeah. – they're going to have the quarterback line up 12 yards off the line and just backpedal, and that's it. You, you've taken away Nikhil Harry. So, I, right. yeah, I think they miss him a lot. And it looks like, you know, he didn't practice today again. He's probably not going to play on Sunday. Well, that's if they play on Sunday. Doug, Doug Hyde uh, tweeted something out right before we went live uh, about uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars currently have 27 players on the COVID list. They have 33 players on their 53-man active roster. 33. Now, it's Thursday, but, like, it's coming pretty close to crunch time here. Uh, I don't know if this game's going to get rescheduled for Tuesday. I don't know if they're still going to play it on Sunday. I have no idea. Um, you know, but it's like, who knows when this game is going to get played? And I know it's the Jaguars. Nobody cares about the Jaguars. It means nothing to their season. They're the worst team in football. They probably would just be like, hey, listen, just don't even play the game and we'll get the Patriots to win. We don't even care. Like, they, at this point, they don't really care. And so I don't, I mean, maybe they don't move it because they're like, screw it, it's just the Jags, but they kind of should. With You know, if the Jaguars have no one to, I mean, you need 22 players to play. You need 22 guys and then a kicker and a punter. So, and a long snapper. So you need 25 guys to get 33. So who the heck knows who they even have? 
Uh, and Allie says too, uh, healthy born as well. And Borden didn't practice all week. So that obviously hurt them as well too. So, um, but anyways, but yes. Yeah. I think I, so the NFL minimum is 40. I believe like you can, you can actually play a game of 40. So you right. have to add all of your practice squad players, however many they have, who knows how many practice squad players Jacksonville had. So all of them as COVID replacements. They're right. still not at 40, I don't think. <laughs> like, mm. or, or they're just past 40. Uh, so, practice squad, I think, is 16 now, right? Isn't it? It is, but who knows how many they Although, have. Although, who knows how many they have. Patriots have 12 on a 16-man practice squad. Like, it, it's, it's weird. So, they're adding practice squad players. They have to travel what on I'm top missed. of it. It's not like New England's going down to Jacksonville. Jacksonville's the one that has to travel. We, I mean, the Patriots were the guinea pig last year against, against Kansas City. They right. made them travel day of. And that obviously blew up in their face because they had guys on the plane with COVID. So, I mean, we'll see. I, I would be surprised if it gets played now after what we saw today with them adding even more players. Like, I'd be surprised if it gets played on Sunday. Yeah, it's a mess. Well, and Oliver pointed out, too, you know, Miami, that Miami game last week is going to be a huge game. And if we end up, they have to play Jacksonville on Tuesday, and they have a short week playing Miami. And, they, and again, now they have to travel to Miami. That's really tough. That's really, really tough for the Patriots. Um, you know, and it just – it's kind of it, it's a crap deal for them because this Jacksonville game is like meaningless. Like Jacksonville's terrible and doesn't even want to win. To have it be pushed back, you know, three days to then now have a short week against Miami would would be a really tough outcome. I, you have to pray you lock up a playoff spot if you do that, right? right? And they need right. a Miami loss and a win gets you in. I think so. I mean, you, you got to root for the also. Titans I think in, in Oakland or yeah. Vegas. If or, Vegas loses, yeah. you get in too. Right. And Wentz right. is Wentz playing? I guess that those new rules he technically they don't could. know yet. Yeah. He yeah. the earliest he could be activated is Saturday. So I mean, we just saw Dietrich Dietrich Wise was activated today. That was five days. He was in and out. So like right. He was the first the one thing to be too, activated after five. You almost hope for a Miami loss and a Vegas win because then you jump the Colts, right? So you get that yep. five seed. Uh, I think Buffalo is the four, but you know who knows how things kind of wrinkle out the next two weeks. But I think if you go in and you're playing Tennessee on the road, I you know whether they get Henry or back, he's not going to be hundred percent. And since he, I lo- I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan. I love that offense. I think this team is super fun to watch. Um, but I'm sorry they don't scare me. So no. if you can get the four seed and avoid uh, Buffalo and do it all this weekend, let wrap up a playoff spot and kind of get an idea how things are going to shake out. That's a win. Yeah. No. And that's, I mean, that's really what you want, right? Wrap up a playoff win as soon as you can. Um, so you don't have to worry about it. So that game in Miami doesn't mean much. And again, if Miami loses now they have eight losses and you win. Well, now the game Miami game doesn't really matter anymore. Cause Miami's like, well, we're out of it anyways, because you know, the Patriots are already where they are. So that's that's the part for me where I look at it and just say like, hey, I mean, things need to break the right way, obviously, but like if that happens, we'll be we'll be good to go. Yeah. So, absolutely. yeah, we'll see. I, yeah, Cincinnati isn't scary. I mean, Cincinnati, they're the flipping Bengals for God's sakes. Come on, like they're the Bengals. That'd be a fun game, though. It would be a lot of fun. It it would be a lot of fun because, um, yeah, because they're good. Like their their offense is fun to watch, man. Jamar Overall. Chase. Chucks that bitch, and it's awesome. Two national champ. Well, it'll be decided by then, but it'd be, or maybe not. Actually, it'd be the two la- the last two national champions uh, facing yep. off. No, I think isn't the Natty uh, Monday? Is this the Monday? Next Monday? No, so, it's, no, yeah, it's, it's, the, no, it's, it's this like upcoming Monday. The end of no, it's at like the end of January. They get they get like three weeks. These are the oh, do they really? Yeah, these are the semifinals games. I think it's mid, yeah, oh mid to late. So maybe you're right. Monday, but maybe you're right. 
we can look this up. Uh, we have computers, so yeah, know. we could, but whatever. We don't care about that. Uh, all right, you want to do a quick five minute fantasy before we let everyone go? I guess. We probably should just because it's it is championship weekend, so like kind of have to do something for the people. You know what I mean? I mean, I'd be uh, I'd be in the finals right now if uh, if I didn't choke those three games. So. It's I'd two weeks from Monday. Ball. It's January tenth. Two weeks from Monday. So so no, they will be. They will not be the last two, but that's okay. Two out of the last three. You know. So all right, let's do. We'll do a quick five minute fantasy, and then we'll go from there. Uh, all right, we'll start the timer now. Uh, Good luck to everyone out there. I mean, I uh, I'm in one championship game, which is good. One championship that doesn't count because it's the free league. But whatever, I don't care. Uh, nevertheless, there's a lot of questions here. Anyone got any questions about start sit questions? But like, uh, the, uh, I don't even know how to say the guy's name. But the running back for Jacksonville was a guy that Golden a lot of people were That's the guy. And I just I have a really hard time suggesting anyone put them in this, put him in their starting lineup. I just don't I don't see why you would. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. You know, Trey Lance is another interesting name. Trey Lance, I drafted in a bunch of leagues because I was like, oh, San Fran's schedule down the down the end of the season is a joke. And if and if he does end up replacing Jimmy G, whether Jimmy G gets hurt or benched or whatever, you know, the Trey Lance could come in and dominate. Trey Lance is is going to play this week. Jimmy G hasn't practiced all week. He's going to play this week. There's no shot that Jimmy G uh, starts this week. And Trey Lance is going up against Houston's defense in a game that is completely 100% meaningless to Houston. Uh, it is going to be, it's going to be awesome. You got to, you got to play him. Houston's been playing their ass off for like no reason the last two weeks. They've looked that's really very good. true. So they have. I'd, I think that that would be fun. Davis Mills diamond it up. Yeah, he's looked. I mean, <laughs> second best rookie quarterback, Davis Mills. Who knew? Spags knew. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, Davis Mills, Mills Mafia, bro. You know, and that's, uh, yeah, well, all right, I don't want to get into that whole question, but but it, it is an interesting situation if, like, if, because um, I wanted Parsons so bad, dude, if Parsons dropped to 15, I would have said I was talking about that with my buddies. 15. I think he was their guy in round yeah. two if, if Mac went three and then maybe they go defense early. and Right, right. They did and a lot of free work. Didn't matter anyways, but but that yeah. would have been really cool. I'm happy so, with what we got. What they would have done is they would have traded back and drafted Barmore because, they ended up trading up for Barmore. That's what. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, trade trade back, get an extra get an extra few picks, and then and draft Barmore. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, Keegan being smart over here. Uh, you know, as far as one guy that's been on my list that um that we've been like he's been killing it is Cordell Patterson, but Patterson's point five PPR the last four weeks was eleven point one, twelve point nine, three point three, and seven point eight. That is disastrous, and they're playing in Buffalo. Atlanta, a dome team, is playing in Buffalo. Whew. I mean, I know if you're in the championship and you have Cordero Patterson, he's a big reason as to why you're there, but that is that is uh, that's not good. That is really bad. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I, if you got someone that you think can can play, I might seriously like – I'm, I'm, he's on one of my championship teams – I'm serious, seriously considering benching him. So, uh, Allie, with a good question here about Lamar coming back. I don't know if you guys saw the clip of Lamar yesterday at practice, but my God, dude, he was hit, hobbling all over the place. I can't bet on Lamar. I would say go Trey Lance. Um, obviously, don't drop Lamar, like just in case they give him a you know a a deer antler spray on his on his ankle or something like that. But my sure goodness, it all. it's a hell of a drug. I guess, yeah, but that and he couldn't even walk. Right, I mean, he like no, really no. couldn't even walk. Also, what the hell is going on with their practice fields? 
Why do they play on like a golden practice field? What the hell is that about? Is there is there any explanation know. as to as to why they do that? The building looks like. Do you do you remember those restaurants that were like time machine restaurants and they all all the waiters dressed up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what their practice facility looks like. It's like I the just indoor don't. Facility. I just don't get it, dude. It looks like, like they play on clay. It's like freaking. Uh, which one? Which uh? Which tennis court is clay? Is that Wimbledon? No, it's not right. I don't, know. I don't know which one it is. Whatever. It's the. It's the. You know what I'm talking. About. You guys know what I'm talking. About. Uh, I'm trying to think of is anyone else. Anyone else? Uh, oh, Sa- Saquon's another one. <sighs> freaking Saquon Barkley, dude. I don't know if you can start him. I really don't know. I don't know if you can do it. He just sucks so much. He just sucks so much, Saquon. He's been so bad recently. He's playing at Chicago, which they have a shot, but like. Dude, since he came back from by, he's played one, two, three, four, five, six games. He's cracked 10 points twice in six games. Like, that's just not good. That's really, really bad. And he played against Philadelphia twice. The Chargers, Miami, Dallas, and Tampa is really good. But, like, but now he played against great defenses. And he's playing against Chicago as a decent defense this week. I don't know if I can start Saquon Barkley this week. I don't know. But, again, it's like, how do you – I don't know. That's that's just my my take on it. Damian Harris must start this week, one hundred percent. Put him in your lineup. I've been saying it all year. I predicted at the beginning of the year, twelve hundred yards and ten touchdowns. He's at almost yeah, a little bit under nine hundred, like eight seventy and twelve touchdowns. So I will take my victory lap. Thank you very much as a running back three. He's only a couple two hundred yard games away. That's what I mean. Well, he's <laughs> that's the timer. He's not gonna obviously not gonna hit twelve hundred, but he's he's got the. Uh, He's got the, what's it called? Um, he's got the touchdowns to match, so we'll be all right. Anyways, that's it. That's it. That thus concludes the COVID, the COVID episode. Um, you know, we'll be back. We'll see what happens. I mean, we'll see what happens, right? If the Patriots don't play on Tuesday, I don't know what the hell our schedule is going to look like next week. But hopefully they get the game in on Sunday. Uh, and Jacksonville can pull some people off the COVID list and, and make their way up to New England to play. I think they just said, uh, my wife just texted me and said, Massachusetts reported 21,000 new cases yesterday. Uh, not great. Not great. So, and I'm not even one of them because I tested at home and I, I didn't even go out and get an actual test. So, uh, so yeah. So anyways, be stay safe out there and, uh, and go Pats. And we'll, we'll see. Hopefully when we talk to you next week, we'll have locked up a playoff spot. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.